Joey Bosa. Did it have to be Joey Bosa of all the players? What's up, guys? Joey Bosa has been placed on the COVID-19 list as well as defensive tackle Jerry Tillery. So we have to talk about that today as well as the big amount of names on the Steelers COVID-19 list as well who could be questionable this week, including Big Ben and Minka Fitzpatrick, who probably won't play. So a ton to get in there this week, a ton of factors that are going to have a big impact on this game on Sunday. And what have the Chargers flaws this year shown us what they need to address next year as far as the position groups, especially since we've seen the depth get tested already so far this season. But let's get into it. You are locked on Chargers. Your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always, my co-host, David Drogemeyer. And we are two Rhiners who have been covering the Chargers for over five seasons. We started with our own Facebook live show. Chargers Domination Life. I occasionally write for the LA Football Network, and this is our fourth season as a host of the Lockdown Chargers Podcast, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? Thank you guys for making us your first listen. We've been loving doing this YouTube thing with you guys, so make sure if you haven't already to check us out on YouTube on our Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel, and also subscribe there, as well as following wherever you get your podcast from, so you can be here with the instant analysis, kind of instant analysis, the next day analysis on the crazy things happening with the Chargers, especially today, David, where we didn't really know what the show was going to be about yesterday when we were together. We knew the Steelers had some big names on the COVID-19 list, and we'll get into some of those in the next segment. But what we didn't know is that Joey Bosa was going to be put on the list as well as defensive tackle Jerry Tillery. So just on you know face value level here, I mean, that's two guys that if they miss on Sunday are going to be missing at a position group that has been thin all season long. And I mean, the Chargers defensive front has had its issues. Those things get much worse if you don't have those two dudes, no matter what you think of Jerry Tillery. I mean, it's still a very, very thin position group, and he's been their best interior rusher, at least so far this year, even with his struggles in the running game. But this is what we know so far. So many people reported that Joey Bosa and Jerry Tillery were placed on the COVID-19 list. But then Jeff Miller of the LA Times came out and reported that Joey Bosa is unvaccinated so that obviously throws a wrench into things as well but jerry tillery is vaccinated so this is what makes the most sense as far as the information that we have right now with the rules in the nfl it seems like jerry tillery got covid because he can't be a close contact if you're vaccinated and joey bosa since he's unvaccinated is a close contact that will have to quarantine for at least the next five days But Mike Garofalo from the NFL Network also said today that there is a chance that he's hearing that both players play on Sunday. So in Jerry Tillery's case, that means if he tests positive or negative, I should say, 24 hours apart, two negative tests, he can come back. So probably not likely. I mean, we saw Drew Tranquil last week miss. He's still technically on the COVID-19 list right now. But there's a chance there. They're also saying Joey Bosa has a chance, which if he tested positive, He'd be out for at least 10 days, right? So that's the minimum. If you're unvaccinated and you test positive, you're out at least 10 days, which would make him out this week for sure. It's the Aaron Rodgers situation, right? So that sucks, David, because I mean, in one way it's good because potentially Joey Bosa can come back. 
Obviously, now since he's a close contact, if he now tests positive a couple of days from now, that's just going to extend it, right, and put it maybe two games that he could potentially miss, which would be devastating for a defense that needs all the help that it can get. And just the Chargers don't really have a you know don't have a player anywhere close to being able to replace him. That's the other thing. It's a huge drop off between Joey Bosa, obviously, and the next guy. And I think without getting into anything political, right, getting the vaccine or not. I mean, I got the vaccine. I feel my ways about it, but that's not the point here. The point here is Joey Bosa right now being unvaccinated could potentially hurt this team. And that's the part that sucks because obviously it's your choice and everything like that. And I agree that it is his choice to do it. He hasn't gotten a soapbox and made it, you know, a big political statement or anything like that. He's been quiet about it for the most part. But if it hurts your team, that's a bad thing, right? Him being unvaccinated is a bad thing if he has to miss the game. If not, Hopefully it doesn't pop up the rest of the season, right? And it never becomes a factor again. But he's a close contact with Jerry Tillery, and it's just so hard to imagine how much of an impact it will have on the Chargers' defense if they don't have him. Well, I mean, I think you just look look at the games that Joey Bosa missed last year and the years before that yeah. and look at the pass rush production or lack thereof when he is not out there. It, and that was staggering. with Melvin Ingram, too. Yeah, with Melvin Ingram. And Melvin Ingram did nothing in Joey Bosa's absence. Uh, Joey Bosa is a human wrecking ball. He can beat double teams. He can beat any one-on-one blocks. He's an animal. I mean, Joey Bosa and Jerry Tillery right now are your leading sackers on the team. So if you are going to be without them, you're, you're missing eight sacks and 39 pressures this season. And that would be absolutely devastating because you don't really have anyone else that you can really trust to consistently get after the quarterback. I think you're encouraged by what you saw from Uchenna and Wosu in last week's game. He definitely showed some good things. Kyler Fackrell has only been used sparingly, um, but if these two guys are out, I mean, I think you're going to see Chenna and Kyler Fackrell get the bulk of the pass rushing snaps. You might even see a little bit more from the rookie Chris Rumpf as well, but obviously the best version of the Chargers is with Joey Bosa and Jerry Tillery on the field. Yeah, it is. I mean, that's their fully loaded starting front, right? When those are two definitive starters, two of their best rushers that they have on the team. I mean, it does make the Kyler Fackrell signing much bigger right now when you have a situation like this, having a veteran be able to come in, coming off of Uchenna Wosu's biggest game of the season. I mean, that part of it's encouraging, but not having that guy on the interior, while it might help your run defense in the long haul, even though Jerry Tillery, I think, has shown some improvement in that regard as well as the rest of the team has in stopping the run. But Jerry Tillery, it's still an absence. And it still means, you know, someone like Forrest Merrill maybe gets brought up from the practice squad. It means maybe, you know, Braden Fehoko has to have a role. I mean, there's just different things where you're not super confident. I mean, Christian Covington's reps are definitely going to go up this week. But between Covington and Limbaugh Joseph and Justin Jones, like you don't really have a pass rush specialist. And I mean, say what you will about Jerry Tillery as a pass rusher. He's still been the best the Chargers have had so far this season. Yeah, there's no question about it. I mean, he's just the the thing with Jerry Tillery. It's just inconsistency, right? I mean, that's what he's shown us throughout his career. We see flashes of brilliance. We see even in the run game, we see him blowing off Zach Martin and then getting just driven into the ground Um, plays later it's just like he doesn't have that consistent effort that you want I mean if you could take Joey Bosa's effort and put it into Jerry Tillery's body like you would have a superhuman interior defensive lineman but that's just not the case that's not what we have but that doesn't discount the fact that he is important and 
I, I don't know if anybody watched the Monday Night Football game, but you know the quarterbacks, Philip Rivers and Eli and Peyton, were talking about what pressure bothered them the most throughout their career, and that was the interior pass rush because that kind of restricts their movement. And they can't really go anywhere. They can step up in the pocket if they're coming around the outsides, but on the insides, there's not many places that you can go. So it just goes to show you, if those Hall of Fame-type quarterbacks are talking about how important interior pressure is, then you know that having him out there on the field, along with Linval Joseph, I think that gives you the best possibility to get somebody on the inside that can get after the quarterback. Yeah, and this will be a, a chance for other guys to step up, right? Guys to step into yeah. a bigger role if they can play. And it is still an if at this point. But it is a chance for younger guys to step up. And that is pretty cool for those guys. And hopefully someone can kind of take over. But we haven't seen it from anyone that we expect to play on Sunday so far this season. And the other thing is, too, is like normally if Jerry Tillery were to just miss you probably get more snaps from Joey Bosa on the inside. Like that would be the remedy. All right, we'll just slide Joey Bosa inside, which in this scenario wouldn't really work because he might not be out there either. But as much as it sucks that that guy, those guys aren't going to play, especially in Joey Bosa's case where it is something, you know, that was avoidable. I think that's the frustrating part of it. The Steelers haven't had it much better because right now their starting quarterback is on the COVID-19 list. And the backup quarterback is someone the chargers would definitely want to play. And, they're Joey Bosa, you know, maybe a better version of that, the best edge rusher in the league so far. TJ Watt could miss this game after getting injured next week. So we're going to talk about those big losses on the other side. Good news for the Chargers coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that all Chargers fans need to be looking at an app that is going to save you a ton of money if you get gas, and that is the GetUpside app. And you can find the GetUpside app for free on the App Store or the Google Play Store. And it's something that if you get gas, if you want to take those numbers down, which right now in California – they are ridiculous. I mean, I paid four sixty eight for gas the other day. So if you wanted to, yeah, look at David. I mean, that is something. I mean, it's crazy right now. Save yourself some money with the GetUpside app. You can save up to fifty cents per gallon on your first fill up when you get the app and use the promo code to touchdown. I made my fiance download it on her phone so she could stop saving some money on her gas. And it's just you want to take some of those numbers down. So anytime you can save up to twenty five cents per gallon all the time. But if you use that promo code touchdown, you can get up to 50 cents per gallon back on your first fill up. That is big time numbers right there, especially when it can cost 80, $90 to fill up your tank. Right. And the best part about it is there's no downside with get upside. You can get the cash back right to your bank account. You can get it paid out in Amazon gift cards or other brands. Hey, if you're trying to get some, you know, Christmas presents going, get some Amazon gift cards with your get upside app. You're saving money on gas. You're paying it for during the holiday season. I would love that, but make sure you guys check that out because there is no downside. Get the free GetUpside app wherever you get your apps from and save up to 50 cents per gallon on your first fill-up with the promo code TOUCHDOWN. All right, David. Well, I think that as much as it sucks to obviously have those names for the Chargers out there, potentially not being able to play, at least there's a chance, right? I mean, according to Mike Roffo, there's an avenue where both of those dudes play. If I had to guess with the guys in the Chargers COVID-19 list, and obviously I'm not a doctor, so this is purely a guess, I would say that Drew Tranquil plays. I'd say there's a non-zero chance that Joey Bosa plays because he's a good enough player where you don't need to see him in practice all week, right, to have him out there. Yeah. I, it's hard, hard, much harder, I think, for me, given my experiences with COVID and how long it can stay popping up on tests. Right, I've had friends that have tested positive for COVID 10 days apart, and that's the yeah. thing. If you actually have it, you need it. 
I think Jerry Tillery is much less likely to play than those other two guys. And one player that I do think is going to play, unfortunately for the Chargers this week, is Big Ben. And Big Ben hasn't been good, right? He's had games, he's had moments, but overall, it's not the Big Ben of old. Like, this is what no. you never wanted to see Philip Rivers turn into. That's what Big Ben is right now. It's like, quit before you end up looking like Big Ben. And, they, you know, they have a talented team with a really good defense. I understand him hanging on, right, and, and wanting to go after another Super Bowl. But the crazy thing about it is the backup Mason Rudolph is still much worse. I mean, say what you will about Big Ben. <laughs> you watched any of that Lions game last week. I mean, a game that ended in Painful. a tie. Not great what they had going Painful. on over there. But it's not even just Big Ben. It's Minka Fitzpatrick. They have some other injuries. They're going to be worried about TJ Watt to be the number one guy. But I'm not buying what the Steelers are putting out there. Mike Tomlin said that they're preparing this week for Mason Rudolph to start. I think that's gamesmanship a little bit. And, I mean, it's just uncertainty because you don't know if Big Ben's going to come back like we talked about before. You don't know what that time is going to Yeah, it's not in like. his control. Yeah. But he also said, you know, if he wants to jump on a moving train and is cleared at any point this week, he's going to be the starting quarterback. And I do think that is a big deal, even though, you know, Mason, you know, even though he hasn't been great this year. No, of course it's a big deal. I mean, Ben, Ben Roethlisberger has been the quarterback. He's the number one guy. He's gotten all the reps, even at 39 years old. I mean, say what you will. He's not very mobile. He looks every bit of it too. And <laughs> yeah. I mean, it seems like he has three or four. He always looks like he's in pain. Given, yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. what I was, that's what I was going to say is, I mean, it, his stock of ibuprofen has got to be an entire cabinet full. I mean, that dude, it looks like he is in pain, like just stretching. So, uh, but hey, I mean, he, he's 65% completion percentage this year. He's He's been decent. I mean, 10, 10 touchdowns, four interceptions. Um, but I mean, he, he undoubtedly on offense. And you trust more to get the ball to Claypool or Deontay Johnson or – uh, obviously, they're an incredibly talented running back, Najee Harris. So, Najee Harris, excuse me. Uh, a lot of weapons there. But, I mean, the difference about who's getting the ball to those weapons, I think, is staggering. Yeah, and I mean, the one thing about Big Ben now, you know, is he's throwing a lot behind the line of scrimmage and very near the line of scrimmage, right? It's a lot of short yeah, the, passes. the Drew Brees, you know, last few year treatment, right? Yeah, one, well, they know that their offensive line – isn't super great either so it's get the ball out of his hands and that's made i think the line look a little better than it really has been but it's still going to be a huge loss if he can't play just because of the drop off between him and mason rudolph is still substantial so there is a chance that big ben doesn't play i'm not a doctor like i said but i would assume that this is more you know he's gonna play more than likely he's gonna have two negative tests in a row before sunday and he'll be able to be out there in my opinion but the one guy that Tomlin said he didn't think was going to be out there is Minka Fitzpatrick, who, since he was traded from the Dolphins to the Steelers, has been you know one of the best safeties in the league. I mean, he's a noted ball hawk. Don't let the zero interceptions this year fool you at all. He's a guy on the back end of their defense that makes a lot of things work, and he's had some struggling moments. But the Steelers' defense, with as good you know as good as they've been, that's a huge loss for them. He, I mean, he has been a gigantic pickup for that defense having him on the back end patrolling center field and doing the things he's been able to do at free safety for them and he doesn't look like he is going to play so as much as the Chargers could miss Joey Bosa like that is a huge loss on the back end for their defense yeah and and looking at Minka Fitzpatrick and kind of the stats that he's put up this year he's been pretty damn good against the run he has eight run stops this year or eight stops in general and he is their leading tackler uh, on defense as well Mm -hmm. and he's all over the football field 
he is a guy who gets close to the ball. He's a guy that you want close to the action. So when you take him out of the equation, that just makes it a lot easier to run the football against this team because you can't take him, move him down into the, into the box and kind of control that running game, which, I mean, they're not doing a great job of anyway. They're giving up over 120 rushing yards per game. But Minka, Pat, Minka Fitzpatrick makes this defense a lot more agile, a lot more multiple, and a lot better, and he's not going to be out there on Sunday. So that's going to be a huge loss for that Steelers defense. Yeah, more than likely. I mean, that's from their head coach. Yeah. So, I mean, he he held out from saying certain other players wouldn't be, you know, would be back. Like, he didn't rule out Big Ben for Sunday. He didn't even rule out TJ Watt for Sunday. But according to Ian Rappaport, when the injury happened and they realized it wasn't super severe, he put out that he they expect him to miss time. It doesn't really benefit them to say TJ Watt is out for the Chargers to go build the game plan that's not centered around TJ Watt, obviously. (laughs) Um, So that could be playing a part in it. And if you're them, I mean, for your season, it wouldn't make sense to rush him back because they're very much in the thick of it in the AFC. They're going to need him down the stretch. I mean, if he is as banged up as he looked last week, right, and he's still trying to come back for that, it would be pushing it, you would think, to have him back out a week later on Sunday Night Football in prime time. And that's huge, David. I mean, he has 12 and a half sacks, and the next closest guy on their team has four and a half sacks, and that's Cam Hayward, who's obviously very, very good. But, like, that drop-off is substantial, and especially when you're talking about a guy that more often than not is lining up against your right tackle. And for the Chargers, that's Storm Norton, who the big pressure games have come against. That would be an absolutely huge loss for the Steelers. We're not ruling him out yet, but if he isn't there, David, that would be crazy. Oh, man. It it would be night and day difference. I mean, it's really as simple as that. TJ Watt is an animal, and it doesn't matter if it's against the pass or against the run or if it's as a pass rusher. This is the type of linebacker hybrid that can literally do it all. You trust him to go cover the flat. You know he is an absolute menace in the run game. He has 23 stops and 13 tackles for loss to go with those 12 and a half sacks that he's accrued this season. And, and 12 and a half sacks in that does. many games is crazy. I mean, he's yeah. on pace for more than 20 sacks this season. In, That's nice. in nine games, like that yeah. is unreal. It's just, you know, this is a Derwin James type of player. And the fact that anything that you ask him to do, he can do. And he makes everyone around you better. So if he is not out on the football field, it's a much different looking defense. And this is one of the best defenses in the league. I mean, you take this guy out of it, I mean, they're a middle-of-the-pack defense at best. Yeah, and I think the one thing that they have going for them is they still have a very solid defensive system, right? And I think even with the Vikings missing dudes, you saw that affected the Chargers. Even with the Ravens missing dudes, and even with the Patriots having a less talented defense than we've seen them in the past, still were able to give the Chargers offense fits. So it doesn't necessarily mean the Chargers are going to put up 35, but... I would say they have a, you know, 10 times more likely chance to put up 35 if TJ Watt and Minka Fitzpatrick aren't out there for the Steelers. 100%. For both of these teams, the crazy thing is is we don't even know the full ramifications for this potentially yet, right? Last week, it was Drew Tranquil getting put on the COVID list. This week, it's two more players for the Chargers. Last week, for the Steelers, right, it's Big Ben. This week, it's Minka Fitzpatrick. So, will there be any more fallout, I think, is the question now before game time. And the Chargers have to hope. With how good they've been, you know, relatively speaking, compared to other teams in the NFL, that they've kind of bottled this up a little bit or as best as they can. But you just don't know. But as much as the Chargers have, and, and that's crazy to say that, like, 
Joey Bosa could be out in this game, and it might not even be the most substantial player that could miss this game. Like, let that sink in for a second, because when you're talking about edge rushers, it's Miles Garrett and TJ Watt, and that's probably the top two guys in the NFL, at least this season and going on for the last couple of years, just consistent sack production year after year. Huge news for the Chargers, even if you know they got some really bad news on the front end. But the other thing that we have seen this season, David, is the Chargers are obviously a flawed team, which is why even with these injuries, you can't feel 100% certain they're going to go out there and take care of business. But I do think that the one thing we have seen so far this season is a magnifying glass put on the position groups they're going to have to fill next year. And I know this season is very much intact. You know, we are still very much on the train of the Chargers. Could be a playoff team. Doesn't mean we can't fantasize about, you know, some positions that could get addressed, some depth that could get addressed next season in 2022 because the Chargers have some needs that will definitely have to be filled. So we're going to take a preliminary look at that coming up right after this and get excited about some positions that could be better for the Chargers in 2022 and really completing this roster in Brandon Staley's image. So we're going to get into that coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys about the best protein bar on the planet. And of course, I'm talking about Built Bars, my number one protein bar, the number one protein bar in my heart. Because when it comes to protein bar and just eating healthy things in general, Finding one that tastes good is not always easy, and that's what I love about Built Bar is you're getting something that's going to fit on your diet. It's low-calorie, low-sugar, while it's high in protein and high in fiber, and you're getting something that also tastes like a candy bar. So when you can add those two things together, you're doing something right, and I think the other great thing about Built Bar is the variety that you get with them because there's so many great flavors to choose from, and this month, every three or four days, they're releasing a new limited-time flavor. The limited time flavors have all been bangers. I mean, every time we get a box of something that's new, it's always really, really good. And then we get mad and you know yell at them when they go away. But you're going to find a flavor that you like, whether it's the limited time flavors or cookies and cream, peanut butter, brownie. Those are two of my favorites. Coconut, coconut almond, cherry, barcia. You can get a mixed box that'll let you try two of each of the flavors. And I promise you, you're going to find something you like. And if you don't, you don't like the same protein bar as the official U.S. men's track and field team. So I think you're doing something wrong there because Built Bars are the best protein bars on the planet. So have a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar and save some money as well. Because if you go to Built.com, you can use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. I also need to tell you guys about our friends over at BetOnline.ag, the official betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm not going to lie, guys. I bet on sports and I do all my betting with betonline.ag because it's the best place for all of your sports action, whether you're looking for basketball, football, UFC, NHL, whatever you're looking for, you can find it there. If you're looking for Vegas casino games, you can find it there. But specifically on sports, I know I love betting on football, college, and professional football. This is the place I found the best odds, props, and bets that you can find out there. You can make your own props, which is a crazy thing that doesn't even make a lot of sense. So if you're feeling strongly about a player, you can go find that. And if you think, you know, Brandon Staley still has a chance to coach of the year. You can go do more stuff like that as well. But Bet Online is the number one place for all of your betting action. And you can even save some money or get some free money to play with, I should say. Because if you guys go to betonline.ag, you can use the promo code LOCKDOWN, all caps, one word, and get a 50% welcome bonus. That's free money to play with, guys, with the promo code LOCKDOWN, all caps, one word, for free money to gamble with. Bet with house money. Win the range. You guys can do it at betonline.ag. Bet online where the game starts. All right, David. Well, this was something that actually formed last night when me, you, and John Kegley were together. Somehow before the show, it broke out into a conversation of the biggest need for the Chargers next year. And like, surprisingly, we didn't all have the same answer, right? For John, it was edge. 
for me, you know, we'll get into what me and you think about it. But what I realized is it's a great conversation to be had. And like, there's different ways you can look at it, right? Are you going for depth? Are you going for frontline starters? I think especially early in the draft, you're looking for a frontline guy. And I think so far this season, especially with the deficiencies we've seen at times in pass protection with the injuries that the Chargers have had, and also some of the things you've seen from them as far as run defense-wise, getting interior pressure, those are things that have been an issue. So we were talking about, you know, who do the Chargers target in the first round next year, right? What is the number one need for them? Who could they try to approach in free agency? Things like that, because there's definitely a lot of holes on this roster that could be filled. And we felt that way going into the season, right? So I'll let you start us off here. When you're thinking about the number one need for the Chargers going into the 2022 season through nine games for the Chargers this year, what would that be? Yeah, I mean, I think there's three of them that come to mind for me. It's a corner, a right tackle, and a defensive tackle. But number if you're one. making me Which one? put my number one on it, it's got to be the one that addresses the biggest issue that has plagued the Chargers all season long, and that is the the run defense. And so that means a defensive tackle. You really need a guy who has stature, who can really come in and really kind of compliment Linval Joseph and also kind of take some of those snaps away. Because, I, I mean, I think at this point you, you feel pretty comfortable about wanting to re-sign him. But you got to remember. Yeah, I was say, he's a free agent too, so nothing's guaranteed either. Right. He's he's on the wrong side of 30 and hey to his credit he's still playing at a very very high level but they don't have anyone anybody else that has that type of size that is that disruptive and I think if you need to inject some youth into this position a guy who can get after the quarterback and get pressure up the middle and a guy who can really stop the run so if they if they find a guy who is just that prototypical person early in the first round that is going to be a difference maker on the defensive line then I would be more than happy with the Chargers pulling the trigger. Yeah, and as far as defensive linemen go, it's really hard to find the full package, right? I mean, a lot of times you're getting a pass rush specialist or you're getting a guy who's really good at stuffing the run. So that's going to be hard, especially if you don't uh, you know, think that the Chargers are going to have a super high first-round pick, right? And right now, I think where the Chargers are at, you're looking anywhere really from like 15 to like, 30 you know what I mean like it could be so depending on what you think the charge could do in the playoffs I mean 15 to 26 15 to the, whatever the case is like you're not expecting to have a top 10 pick so obviously that's going to take a few guys off the table for you but you watch the Georgia defensive line and you see some of the dudes they have on there you start looking you're like okay I could see a charge first round pick like Jordan Davis dude 6'6 340 pounds and moves Monster. really really well only two sacks so far this year in 10 games but I mean, you get that kind of athleticism, that kind of size, the guy you know is going to be a good run stuffer off the bat. Sign me up for that if it's a late first-round pick for the Chargers. I'm going offensive tackle, specifically right tackle, and I think that's right just for you. me. I think it's partially just because we saw so many bad offensive lines for the Chargers for so long. We finally saw them take another one in the first round, not being scarred from the DJ Fluker pick that has pretty much made them avoid all first-round tackles since you know Tom Telesco's first draft classes. So, like... It's always going to be protect Justin Herbert and, you know, trying to maximize that for me. And maybe that covers up some of your defensive deficiencies. And, you know, if they go offensive tackle round one, defensive tackle round two, I mean, everybody's happy in that situation. You know what I mean? You can still find good players outside of the first round. The Chargers seem to have hit on their second round pick this year with Asante Samuel Jr., right? And John was saying corner was his, you know, number one. So there, obviously there's a lot of different things 
that you could go and, with and, it. And, and frankly, I'm okay with that because the the money that corners are making these days, I mean, yeah. they're getting up there, eighteen to twenty million a year. So if you can get a corner like a really really good young corner in the first or second round and get him on on a rookie contract and get him on a cost controlled deal for four or five years, hell yeah! I mean, sign me up every day of the week. Well, and you have to see how the draft falls to you as well, right? I mean, there's a good chance that, you know, it doesn't usually line up or the best player available this year is Rashawn Slater and he's your number one need, you know. Yeah, that crazy. almost never happens. And, like, you know, you had to happen in round two as well. And then you took, you know, a wide receiver and Josh Palmer you felt really good about in round three, even though it wasn't your biggest need at that point, right? So that's going to have a lot to do with it. But, I mean, I think offensive guard is a position too, right? You had Odea Bushi on a one-year contract. So like that right guard position, depending on how Brendan Hymas progresses this year, could be something. Because, like, having dominant guards helps you a lot. I mean, look at Elijah Vera Tucker, how good he's been this year with the Jets. You look at someone like, you know, Quentin Nelson, who you're probably not going to get with a late first-round pick. But that's just to say, like, how impactful those dudes can be. Like, solidifying you know, that right guard position in the near interior is Matt Filer, Corey Lindsley, and a stud right guard. Nasty. I mean, just, that's, and just that's bringing that nasty. nastiness, bringing that ability to control the line of scrimmage and take over games. Like we've seen so many opponents due to the Chargers, yeah. right? I mean, just those guys, that offensive line that just relishes running people over and having that bulldozer yeah. mentality and wanting to pancake guys. You need that. You need that physical edge. You need that physical presence, especially in your guards. They're supposed to be mean and they're supposed to be nasty. Yeah, and I think right tackle, though, especially since how big of an issue is it, it's probably one, right, and then guard oh, after yeah. that as far as needs because you it's easier to find a guard, a serviceable guard, than it is a serviceable right tackle. Um, yeah. But even with Storm Norton having, you know, his best game of the season, I mean, Storm Norton, at least at this season, is, is showing I can be a depth piece, right? Like, I can be a guy that comes in to fill in for three or four games to feel good about, and that's yeah. something that's a win for you if you're getting a dude from the XFL. Don't get Absolutely. me wrong, but – just that, like, you know, before even scouting anything, you look at guys who are projected to go around, you know, the first round, end of the first round. The right tackle, now left tackle for Ohio State, Nicholas Petit Freer, is a guy I would be very, very interested in. Hasn't given up a sack in four years. Plays in the Big Ten against it. some very good edge rushers out there. And, like, a big, giant dude who's played both right and left tackle. So has experience at both. I mean, there's going to be some guys around there that could potentially help you. Yeah, go I got one more. I got one more real quick before we wrap up the show. And that's a speed threat. I mean, a true burner, mm -hmm. a guy who can really take the top off of the defense, a guy who is just super dangerous in the open field. If you can get a guy who has that game breaking type of speed, I think that would be a great compliment to Justin Herbert. If you look at last year, Justin Herbert threw 12 touchdowns of 20 plus yards or more, and he has four through nine games this year because their true deep threat speed guy is supposed to be Jalen Guyton. And quite frankly, Jalen Guyton's not having the type of year that you would prefer to prefer him to have. I mean, Obviously, and yeah. so he's not but making a lot of money in the first round though. That's a, that's the question, you know, is, I, I would, is it first I round? I don't know it? if I would do it in the first round, but I would be very comfortable in the second or third round because I think that would just bring a, a dynamic to this offense that I think right now is clearly missing. Yeah, and I mean, I think even a wide receiver who brings something as, a, you know, big run after the catch guy, a big electric yeah. open field runner, I think would Definitely. help a lot too because that's something the Chargers don't really have right now is that easy separator that's also going to be electric after the catch, something you were hoping, you know, a Joe Reed could be 
you know, a, yeah. a, a lesser value, a cheaper version kind of thing. But yeah, I mean, that's a need. I think after right tackle and defensive tackle, edge rusher, you know, obviously you want to do it. That's going to be across from Joey Bosa. That's only going to make him better. And we still are, the jury's still out on Uchenna. Jury's obviously still out on Chris Rump. Kyler Fackrell, obviously a short-term thing for them. And corner, I still agree with too, because I, I don't think it's as high as the need as, you know, John Kegley. But obviously you see when one of those dudes is down in Michael Davis, how much of a difference that makes. I do think you could probably find a nickel corner right in the draft. It probably doesn't have to be round one where you could stick him out there and you'd have Michael Davis Asante on the outside and have another dude in the middle you feel good about. And there's, you know, yeah. still some chances for Tavon Campbell to get better too. I've, I've outside of last game, like most of what I've seen from him for most of the season. I like last the size and speed, man. Yeah. yeah. Well, in last, uh, the last game, it's like he was there a couple of times, had chances to make plays, had chances for interceptions. We kind of saw that with Michael Davis early on, right? Where he was there yeah. and he wasn't making the play on it. And I think that's something maybe he can improve on there. So I, I like what they have, but it's one of those things, like you talk about the price, like you can just never have enough good young corners. You can never have Absolutely. too much depth at that position. And the Chargers went into this needing Asante Samuel Jr. to be good right away, right? And they needed yeah. Rashawn Slater to come in and be good right away. I don't know if they'll have as many of those like, hey, if you don't get this dude in the draft, what's going to happen type of moments, right? Like you've had with like Sam Tevy and Trey Pipkins and stuff like that. But it's better that way because now you don't necessarily have to try to squid, you know, fit squid. You don't have squid games. You don't have to try to fit a, a square peg into a round hole, right? I mean, you don't have yeah. to try to force things when you have a more complete roster, but the Chargers do need depth pretty much across the board because that is something that is being exposed right now is just, yes, you don't have the dudes. I think the dudes that are filled in have performed admirably. It's not like the Chargers are getting blown out because they don't have stud players playing for them, but like the yeah. depth was a problem going in. It hasn't, it hasn't made us think about it any less from what they've done so far this season, right? I mean, it's still Tom no. Telesco, you know, has to do a better job getting depth and that's been a problem for a long time. Well, like I said uh, earlier on in the season, right now, Rome was not built in a day, and your new Julius Caesar is Brandon Staley. Brandon Staley is the guy who's trying to construct his Rome and his gladiators with the Chargers, and he needs more time to be able to build the depth up. And this offseason is going to be a true opportunity to do that. $70 million plus in cap space, nine draft picks. You really are going to be able to be selective and go out there and get whoever you want to really build this team exactly how Brandon Staley wants it to be. And his coaching staff as well, potentially. We'll see if all the same coaches come back next season, we'll depending see. on how things play out the rest of the season. Take that as you will. But that is going to wrap things up for us on today's show. Wrap things up for us on today's show. Yeah, I said that, right? All right, but we'll be back with you tomorrow as always. You're not going to want to miss it, guys, because tomorrow is one of the best days of the week. It's crossover Thursday, locked on Chargers locked on Steelers you're definitely going to want to be here for that because as we broke down today there is a ton to talk about with these two teams and a ton that is still in the air going into Sunday night football this weekend Sunday night football Chargers Steelers has all the you know makings of an all-time classic because it seems like that's what these teams do whether it's Michael Vick Duck Hodges or Big Ben so no matter who's playing on Sunday it might be one to remember and definitely one you're going to want some more insight on so I'm excited to hear what the Locked On Steelers have to say tomorrow, and hopefully we can get some inside information from them, some enemy intel from them, but to make sure you don't miss it, make sure to check out the new Locked On Chargers YouTube page and subscribe there. If you guys are watching on there now, I'm looking at you. Subscribe at the bottom. 
And if you guys are listening on the podcast, make sure to follow wherever you get your podcast from, whether that's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast from. If you guys want to call into the show, as always, you can call into the voicemail line at 323-524-7924, and we'll try to get all Chargers voicemails played on the show. And you can also follow us on all social media, me on Twitter at DanTalkSports, David Drogmeyer on Twitter at DroTalkSD, as well as the show's Twitter at LockedOnLAC. We like interacting with you guys on there. We also have a new at Locked On Chargers Instagram page and the Locked On Chargers Facebook page as well. But make sure you guys are back here tomorrow for Crossover Thursday with the Locked On Steelers podcast. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.